The Reproductive Science Center of New Jersey is a leading provider of advanced reproductive technologies, sharing its knowledge with you. It's time for Fertility Talk with RSCNJ. Here's Melanie Cole. So many men and women have a physical or hormonal or medical condition that really has sabotaged their sex life, and yet very few tend to bring it up to their doctor. My guest today is Dr. Alan Martinez. He's a specialist in reproductive endocrinology and infertility at the Reproductive Science Center of New Jersey. Dr. Martinez, always a pleasure to have you on with us today. Tell us a little bit how overall health is linked to sexual health and activity. Okay. Thank you for having me on today. I appreciate talking to you as always. And uh, yes, when I see patients uh, for their fertility evaluation, what we will find is that an aspect of their overall health can directly contribute to their um, to what's going on at home and as far as their um, sexual life and whether they are having issues in the bedroom. And so patients will often come to me and they'll say, okay, I want to get blood work. I want to do all the other testing I need to do. But we really want to ask questions and delve into what is going on with their sexual health because uh, medical conditions as well as their uh, function in the, uh, as far as sex can directly affect their ability to conceive. So we usually hear about sexual dysfunction in men, and that gets talked about a lot. There's commercials, and we don't always hear so much about women. Dr. Martinez, so what are the types of sexual issues that affect women that you hear from them? So one of the most common uh, points that are brought up when taking our medical history is either a lack of interest in sex or hypoactive sexual disorder, or uh, they will have physical complaints that although there's a desire to have sexual intercourse, there this, this is either associated with pain, discomfort, either before, during, or anxiety and apprehension around the sexual encounter itself. So those are the two most common things that we encounter when we sit down with patients. So when you talk to them about that, and and if, you know, they have pain with vaginal intercourse or, you know, pelvic pain, that's definitely a medical condition you can deal with. But when you mention the lack of desire, and we have whacked out hormones sometimes, and certainly at different points in our cycle, we have hormonal changes How do you discuss those parts with them? So part of the workup, as we know, is also obtaining hormonal blood work for the patient. And through that, we can assess their ovarian function, which can directly relate to their sexual health. So some of my patients with what we call diminished ovarian reserve or low ovary function can have issues stemming directly from a lack of hormones. Uh, other patients, um, you know, will have actually a physical condition. Uh, sometimes they've had previous abdominal surgeries. They have a condition, endometriosis, or they have other medical conditions that may contribute to actual physical pathology. And some of the patients, you know, may have issues with 
the way that sex is viewed, um, the way that um, there are any previous sexual encounters that they've had, and sometimes sexual trauma even comes into the picture, which can really uh, cause a very negative uh, impact uh, throughout the patient's lives. Well, it certainly can. And, and while we're talking about this, then let's discuss men. What are some of the most common types of sexual issues that you see that affect men? So men will complain of having a, um, a, a decreased intensity of, of an erection. They can have an inability to maintain an erection. They can achieve an erection, but they can't complete the sexual intercourse and actually uh, progress to orgasm, which is an issue. And uh, most of the time we see some changes that happen as an individual gets older, but there can also be psychosocial impacts uh, that can directly affect things, such as uh, one of the things that I commonly see is that when patients are trying to time out their intercourse sessions for the purposes of conception, oftentimes, you know, checking ovulation in the female and having to have intercourse at very specific intervals can uh, really alter the sexual function from the male side. So that is the most common aspect, you know, and I try, we try to talk through relieving their anxiety, um, being spontaneous, and, uh, and or if they have issues that are physiologic, then we may delve into their hormones, their testosterone level. We may work directly with urologists to work on, uh, you know, achieving and maintaining erections. And sometimes that's either done with behavioral or cognitive therapy, sexual health and counseling, couples therapy, and in some cases, even medications that everyone hears about. But oftentimes, that's not the first thing that's jumped to. You need to look for if there's some sort of organic cause with these patients. So once you've determined what the cause might be, and you mentioned medications, men have Viagra, things we've heard about a million times in the media, but is there something like that for women if libido is an issue, if sexual desire or interest, and if there is a medication available, is it more of a drug for the mind or is there an actual physiological effect? There, there are some new medications that are coming out that help out with physiology, help out with the body. And it looks like through preliminary data that these may have a benefit in women. Uh, but we need to remember that it oftentimes, you know, having the female patient and or the couple uh, receive counseling, um, seeing a sexual therapist, um, dealing with any physiologic issues, those are oftentimes enough to increase the interest, increase desire. So we work from the couple and then those, you know, the medicines that are out there are kind of a last resort. And I think that that is the, one of the most important things that I don't want patients, whether they're male or female, just to assume that a pill or a medication is going to be effective in solving the problems because oftentimes it's multifactorial. So we try to counsel patients appropriately and get them the full workup and then determine if, you know, medical therapies may help out with regards to a specific medication. 
Dr. Martinez, you're so knowledgeable in so many of the aspects of sexual health and fertility. When you talk about the mental issues, does cognitive behavioral therapy, have you seen, or sexual therapy, have you seen in your practice that these really do work and that they do help? Because obviously, either or partner can have negative self-talk and then that makes it worse and it can, you know, kind of spiral out from there. What have you seen as far as results from that type of therapy? We've actually found it very, very effective in many couples. And I think one of the most important aspects to remember is that fact that you mentioned, which patients may retract may not discuss this with their partner and so establishing good patient care establishing trust with both the female and the male partner and getting them to be honest is actually a big step once they feel comfortable discussing things and we know that hey they are not alone this is often enough times to get them into the therapy get the couple talking with themselves in front of professionals and it's been and it can be very effective for for patients. And it overall, is probably the most effective is the interpersonal relationship, uh, being honest, uh, and then people working together as a team rather than feeling like it's isolated uh, and that you're alone with this. So what is the most important bit of advice you would like couples to hear from you if one partner is fine, but the other may have a medical condition or an emotional situation, something that, that really does sabotage their sex life? What would you like them to know about the importance of seeking out a professional, being honest, as you said, with their provider, and working on this so that if they are trying to conceive that all things being equal that's what they can try to do. Yes. So the most important thing is is to remember that you are not alone, whether you're male or female, and you're having sexual function issues, whether you're anxious, whether the quality of the sex has changed, the frequency. It, the most important thing is to remain open-minded and to realize that there are several areas uh, of intervention that can be used, you know, to to help you out. And I think that's the most important thing is keeping an open mind and knowing that, you know, that the physician, we are on your side, we can work with you, and, you know, we can work within several disciplines, whether it's psychologically, whether it's with sexual therapists, whether with infertility physicians, we all work together, urologists, to to help out patients. And I think that if you're open-minded and you remember that you are not alone, that is one of the uh, major keys to success. Well, I think so too. And thank you for putting it that way and really explaining something to listeners that they're not always comfortable discussing, even really with their partners. So thank you again for sharing your expertise and and really explaining this all so very well for us. That wraps up this episode of Fertility Talk with RSCNJ, the Reproductive Science Center of New Jersey. You can head on over to our website at fertilitynj.com for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. If you found this podcast as informative as I did, 
Please share with your friends or family. I know some people find this embarrassing to discuss, but play this podcast for them because it's really a great way to get the experts from RSCNJ, the information that they're giving us out there to the people that you know that may have these kinds of conditions. And be sure to check out all the other fascinating podcasts in our library because there's quite a few and they're excellent to listen to. Until next time, I'm Melanie Cole.